Hello and welcome to Coffee and Crits. I'm your host, Aaron Washington. Uh, today's a little bit different than uh, our normal uh, talks and stuff. This is a bit of updates and then we're going to talk about some old D&D thoughts, things that came to mind uh, just as I was working on my newest campaign. So uh, first, uh, what's been going on with the podcast? Well, um, as you know, uh, due to safety, the meetings have been a lot less, but I actually recorded a lot of stuff. And then uh, during editing, I was like, well, I don't like uh, any of this. So I scrapped it and then re-recording and recording anew with the topics we had. Uh, you'll notice that you'll see more posts now than there were before. And that will become a continuing stream of content again. Uh, for all of you who've had patience in the last uh, month, month and a half, almost two months, that really nothing's been posted. Uh, I appreciate your support and I appreciate your patience uh, with me and uh, a few people who've been like helping me do this. So what else is new? Um, well, during this last month, I've been having two people come over my house uh, and we've been running a game. Uh, the Othello Chronicle, uh, that is the name of it. Othello is the name of the major city and I now have enough episodes recorded and I've started the long editing process of recording a whole game so very soon uh that podcast game uh at the beginning of February the uh or the very end of January I will post episode zero and the characters backstories that they actually recorded themselves so you'll actually be able to hear their backstory from episode zero onwards from their point of view so it's uh, really exciting. Um, it's been very different recording this kind of uh, game. It's been very different recording uh, with like all of us talking and me trying to run a game. And there's a lot of things. And we've gotten better as uh, the episodes have gone. So uh, you'll definitely see a bit of a quality uh, curve as we've gone more games. It uh, becomes a little less awkward for us. Uh, talking to Mike and all that stuff. But we, we, we get it. We get it in. Um, I think the game's going well. So, uh, I hope you enjoy that. Um, so I, I also have been just working on, uh, getting more supporters. Um, I'm not really huge plugging. I should probably plug more. I think, I don't know, but, uh, we do have a Patreon and, um, like we're just trying to help spread, uh, the podcast out there. I mean, we've been doing it for about like two years now. Uh, there were usually go to cons and, uh, talk at cons. And um, we haven't had a chance to, uh, obviously. So we're hoping that uh, when things get better and certain restrictions are lifted, we'll be able to go back to cons, uh, run games at cons. And um, eventually uh, I want to do my own con. So there's that. But that's a little bit further um, down the line. So uh, coffee and crits is still going on and it's still strong and i thank all of you for your patience and willingness to uh listen and for those who uh, essentially have been like you'd be like hey man when's the next drop so enjoy that so uh well that's enough for the the updates i was gonna do it really fast um so i have a essentially a story and like a DD topic to talk to you guys about today um and it's about patrons. Um, you know, a patron is is someone uh, that maybe your players too. They can be deities, they can be nobles. Um, but I want to talk about it as well as give you the story of a patron that I used. It really wasn't a plan of mine. Um, 
So a few years ago, I ran a campaign. It went on for about three years. Uh, we ran them from levels one to 20. Um, it was really, really good. Uh, I super enjoyed it. Uh, I think like when we finished it, we all just kind of looked at each other and leaned back and was like, man, that was a journey. And we all had a, a great time. But I want to talk about one character in Pacific, uh, specific. Um, his name was Eric. He was played by my friend Tom. He was a wizard. Uh, a divination wizard. It was his first time playing a 5th edition. So he made a divination wizard. But what he really wanted to be was an evocation wizard. So, Because <laughs> he would constantly forget about his divination abilities. It was just one of those things where we had like... It was it became like a, almost like a running gag. Hey, did you roll? What'd you roll? Did you know you can use those rolls? But, you know... So Eric's backstory essentially um, was he was a farm farm boy who uh, found uh, his mother had some talent. He was a half elf. Uh, she saw that he was a uh, quick study after she he had read some of his books and then he began to learn a little magic for themselves. So essentially the world itself was very weird um, So imagine like a Faerun very much like the classic D&D setting and then like I did like a cataclysm like a miasma type like opened up from the uh, part of the abyss somewhere or one of the hells and it was just killing everything so the gods essentially took uh, the material plane and like turned into like a Yudrasil type thing so it was like a world tree and imagine like each plateau of the tree was like the size of a large continent with water and everything else. And in the very center was essentially the trunk of this tree of every like continent. So it became like this weird, it was, I don't want to call it like a spell jammer campaign because it eventually did end up flying from plateau to plateau and each will had like a different climate culture, uh, like its own little separate world. Each one was. So it was very fun once they started uh, going between them, which was, which was fun uh, for me. So anyway, uh, they end up in the Underdark, which the Underdark I made put in the roots of the tree. So even though you had the Underdark, you had like these massive uh, stone-like roots that were just kind of like part of the atmosphere. And uh, in the Underdark, uh, I don't know why I did this. Now, now I'm thinking about it. I have no... It was so random... And ended up becoming such or so important, but so anyway, they're they're in the underdark, and there is a portal, a, a random rip into the fire elemental plane. Um, what's in this rip? Uh, so like in front of the rip, there was like a flame tongue. There was a uh, a staff of fire. It was kind of almost like they were half in the portal and half out. So it was almost like a little bit of a bait. But I didn't know what I was gonna put on the side of it, so they uh, so Eric's took the bait. He he wanted a sword. He been, he had been training with uh, the Paladin to learn how to use a sword, even though he's a wizard, and he had essentially gained proficiency with a long sword. And he was like, "Well, there's a flame tongue. I'm gonna use that." So he goes over. He takes the takes the sword and gets shunted into the other side. Um, I describe a castle. Uh, I can't remember the exact description now, but it was pretty much like a, a massive castle that was like caved in. It was caved in by the body of this dragon, this mutated colossal dragon, um, like oversized, the claws and the fangs and stuff were all just massive in scope. Uh, 
and he appeared like at one of the like cliffs uh, of the keep that kind of fell in and the dragon was like bound into the round with like these chains and nails in his body that were large enough to kind of keep him and he couldn't move um and this is like oh my god is this some kind of like elder dragon i was like yes it is um so he was like well you know so he was uh he called himself the ever flame uh the ever burning or something cheesy like that and uh so he ended up talking to him and so why have you brought me here? And I was like, well, why did you bring him here? And I'm like, well, okay, well, I can't leave here. Uh, I didn't know. I knew I wouldn't want this dragon to move. Uh, I can't leave here. I was bound here, and there's no foreseeable way for me to leave. So you've taken my sword. I've given you that for free. But I can tell you have some battles ahead. So here's what I offer you. Take a piece of me with you, within you. So that even though I am here, I may experience uh, a taste of the freedom I lost. Uh, so then Eric's is like, well, who bound you here? And then I didn't know. So I was like, I will not utter that its name and, you know, kind of raged out a bit. And he was like, OK, OK, you don't have to tell me. So uh, so so crazy enough, he accepted uh, this dragon, uh, this dragon's like a piece of this dragon's soul, like into his body so he's like yeah I, I i make the deal and i was like what the crap what am i gonna do about this so then like we ended it and eventually um i gave him like a like his fire spells which funny enough he was like i said he was pretty much the evocation wizard and so his fire spells were a little bit more potent uh than some of his other stuff did a little bit more damage um which was fun for him he really enjoyed it uh and so as the game came on he ended up just through situations and stuff like he would need knowledge or because like the dragon would barely speak to him it wouldn't it'd just be like almost like a distant very echo like i wouldn't even make him say anything it was he real a lot of role play uh at first and then he ended up giving another part of himself uh to the dragon i was like okay i need a limit for this okay uh seven often used uh you know they like the horror stuff like that uh so i was like okay you have seven parts of yourself and he has you've let him have a piece of the seven so out of the seven parts of your being of your soul or whatever he is now occupies one seventh of it if you do this he now occupies two sevenths of your being and it was like well you know they're fighting his fight he had used up all his spells he was like well what will happen if i get like well if you do this, you'll get X amount of spell slots back. He'll you'll get that power boost. And um, he was like, okay, all right. So I did that. And then I made him like fire resistant, uh, almost like as if he was the the sorcerer of the like a red dragon sorcerer or something like that. So he became like fire resistant. So then that went to so over time, like Ember or Cinder. I can't remember. Single Cinder. Yeah, the Everflame was like started to talk to him more. And he started interacting with it. And uh, uh, he ended up drawing the devil card uh, from the deck of many things. And got the ire of uh, uh, Asmodeus. Um, little did they know that uh, Asmodeus was my big bad. So it kind of was really nice. I was like, well, you know, uh, so... 
essentially the plot was like Asmodeus had like uh, I think I've explained this before, but like kidnapped uh, the soul of a someone who was recently departed that Eric's loved, and essentially like traded her away like a bargaining chip, and let him know that just to kind of torment him. So Eric's essentially was like, you know, I got to get to the Shadowfell to save her. Uh, but I'm not strong enough. And he's like, so then like he sees Cinder as like a, a way to gain the strength he needs to, to save her. So then I have to think of this more seriously. Okay. So what, what's happening with him as he's doing this? So, uh, fast forward by the time he gets to the shadow fellow, save his girl. He's literally three. He's literally three sevenths are now the dragon. So essentially, like the dragon's will is, is starting to impress itself uh, onto Eric's. So there are times where Eric's doesn't want to do a thing and I have him roll and I'm like, well, you use this instead because this is, you know, so it became this like struggle that he had to make. And, uh, you know, I assume it would like kind of stop there. And <laughs> oh man. So like at that three, four, that lasted for a long time. And uh, so as he slowly became closer and closer, giving up himself. Like, I know uh, this is probably where, like, the contention is because, like, I can see a lot of ways you could do this. You could have him turn all the way over and lose his character. But at this point, we're, like, we're so deep in the story. I didn't want his character to be lost because of this dragon, but I knew that, like, he would just keep doing it. So, uh, because I made the boons really, really good. Like, at one point, like, he got a breath attack. Uh... Man, like I think, like when he got further deep into it, like he had a he had like a like a polymerization, like a not a polymerization, um, a polymorph that turned him into a dragon for a temporary amount of time, and then he'd come back exhaust levels of exhaustion. Um, it was really, it was really cool. Um, I think I think I called it, I think I called the ability uh, the Lord of Embers or something like that, and it had those kind of traits to it, essentially. And the more he gave himself up, the more traits the Lord of Embers had. So then at one point of the role play, um, I think I made him start like, okay, from this point on, uh, you have to talk in the plural. Uh, think of like Venom. It's we and us. Uh, at this point, you can no longer differentiate where uh, Cinder starts and Eric's begins. So, you know, so then at the point I'm preparing to think like, man, he's going to lose this character. Um, I was looking for like a way like, well, I don't cause they're not going on a quest to remove it. Uh, Eric's is role playing a really good way of keeping looking like he's still in control, but in truth, he's not like, how do I like, what do I do? So then like Eric starts like having these, like we started doing these one-on-one role plays with him and Cinder. And like, we would do this almost after every week, him and Cinder would have like this dialogue about things that happened or when they, or, uh, more like when they rested, so that night, him and, and him, him and Cinder have a conversation. Uh, something, someone else happens that night. Him and, and they like almost like having this discussion of of minds, and almost they keep coming to like the consensus together. And I'm playing a, a, a dragon type being in his body, and their memories are starting to blur and blend. And so they start as they keep like reaching this weird consensus with each other. I had this thing in my, you know what? They're just gonna start to blend. They're gonna start just becoming one character. And he did it really well. Like, um, I don't know how many people I would have trusted with that kind of uh, ability in role play, but I think he pulled it off the best he could. 
um and, and tom's not even the most experienced role player at the, at the table um but man he his cinder and eric's kind of transition was 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 freaking rad it was pretty rad so then he loses his arm more parts of him so like eventually like it got to the point where you found out that the person who bound uh cinder there was asmodeus um when asmodeus released the miasma and the gods gave up their power to make the world tree uh he targeted uh dragons who would try to ascend to the vacant opening so there could be no lord of claromatic dragons uh, so he saw Cinder as a potential threat because Cinder, that, with that vacancy from Tiamat's uh, Cinder, could essentially, you know, usurp and gain its their portfolio. So that's why he bound him there. So they both had a grudge against Asmodeus, which was really cool. So, like, I think that's part of what helped is that they both had a mutual hate for him uh, for what he had did to both of them. And in that, they found, like, you know, we actually have a neutral ground. So... Um, what did I do? So like by the time they reached the very top, which is like the land of dragons and giants, essentially, um, where the final battle essentially is going to take place against the avatar of Asmodeus. Uh, they, 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 they find the remnants of the dragons. It's like all the elder dragons, most of the elder dragons have been killed, uh, to stop them from dominating the world tree, uh, through, through this war between the two. That Asmodeus had kind of put into play. Um, so uh, there they find the almost like the statuesque bodies of the platinum dragon Bahamut and uh, the five headed dragon Tiamat. And Eric does something. He, he takes a piece of uh, the body with him. And at this point, um, I stopped doing the. Uh, I stopped doing the, like, so at this point, imagine like he's giving up. He, there's no, there's only one part of him left in six parts cinders. And like a lot of times we argued, like, is it really Eric's anymore? Or is it just cinders who has now kind of become Eric's? And even through like the role play of his romantic interest and it all kind of, it, by the end of it, it was more like they've become one person, which is which is what I really liked. It kind of helped me uh, without like doing that to his character because I really didn't want to just be like, okay, your character's a dragon bad guy now. And I wanted to make it interesting and fun. And uh, so at that point, he so he had this piece and I literally was like, okay, so uh, you are now essentially more dragon than human now. So like when it came to identification stuff like that, like he would, ping as like a dragon at that point even though he had like a humanoid form and uh when he had the body part essentially of tiamat i was like okay uh if you consume the piece of tiamat that holds his power uh essentially you'd be completely disregarding the human you were and you'd become essentially the god of cryomatic dragons um and so, like, he just took the piece and he held it on to him. And so, we're in the final fight. We're, we're fighting uh, Asmodeus. Um, and it's insane. They're level 21. It's as epic as it's going to be. Um, and eventually, he does eat the part and gain, like, this power. And I had a template, like, ready for him for this fight. And so, he turns and I hand him the other sheet. And I'm like, the battle just kind of continues. And we 
keep going and they win which is awesome and then pull that bully bunches like i was hitting them hard and even him as that is like his new god avatar dragon self he almost dropped him too like it was it was really bad it was whoo it was heated but we'll talk about making bosses like that later so what happens to uh eric's uh well he becomes uh at the end of that world he became the god of crowdmatic dragons the ever-burning flame and then that was his story of how a wizard with a dragon patron became a dragon god the new dragon god and uh i don't know if i'd do that again um but it was really good it felt right so uh what my what, what am i i say i give this story to tell you like if, if you're in a game and you have a really cool idea and it's something crazy like that sometimes it's you can make some of the best stories for just going for it like you don't have to feel like you can't don't feel like, uh, well, this is going to be too much. You know, I was really upfront with him. Like, listen, man, I'm going to start giving you abilities. And if I feel like it's too much, I'm going to have to pull back. And I did. There was sometimes I gave him something like, okay, that's crazy. I can't. No, that's dumb. That, I can't do that. You can't have that now. But I mean, when they were level like 17, I kind of get a little crazy with it. So, man, go for it. Just go for it. Um, if it's a player and you think and you're not even sure you just want to see like how what they can what they do with it and sometimes that makes some of the most epic things because i mean the whole i think out of my whole game i think eric's character tom's character had the best story in my fifth edition game just his everything that happened to him and like i like it was just so good, like from him, like giving the mission, the whole part of him going into the Shadowfell to rescue his love, bringing her back to the big fight. And like they were shunted into other planes a few times and lost some years here and there. It was insane. And it was just a wonderful uh, cap to a story. So sometimes like the best epic things comes out of like the randomest mess. And when it comes to patrons and stuff, uh don't don't be afraid to get him involved um and if you you know if you homebrew some boons and stuff for it you know just let them know ahead of time like you know this is what i'm thinking uh i hope it works if it doesn't we're gonna have to rework it and just go from there and have fun with it god have fun with it and do whatever you think is gonna make it rad and just be rad with it so that's all i want to say just uh enjoy you know and that's just my DM story and my talk about patrons. So you probably noticed there's some, I put some tunes in the background uh, from like Reefy, Reefy Beats. I'm going to post the link in, but it's just essentially just uh, Lo-Fi 7. And then before it was a uh, Lo-Fi uh, Goblin Slayer's intro. Um, just so like when I'm by myself, just a little bit of something in the background. It kind of just helps me. Uh, kind of gives got like a little vibe. So, you know, hope you like this uh, small episode I did. Uh, please, um, if you liked it, just drop me, just drop a line, drop a post, share it. Uh, if you don't like the music in the background, let me know. I mean, I don't know. Just tell me how it feels. Like, it just, when it's playing, I'm just like bopping myself. Just, mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm stopped. But anyway, uh, you can follow us on Facebook at dmworld9029 
you can follow me on Twitter when I actually post, which I will be doing more often <laughs> uh, at DMworld9029. Uh, uh, continue to like us, continue to share us. And uh, remember, guys, the quest never ends.